Are you in search of natural relief from your daily stresses? Well, Strava Craft Coffee is a CBD-rich, hemp oil-infused coffee that is non-psychoactive, helps reduce pain naturally, keeps those coffee jitters away, and so much more. I started drinking it because I had degenerative arthritis, and I would prefer to drink coffee that has natural ingredients in it for healing, and this coffee treats the inflammatory process that happens from having degenerative arthritis. That was Robin. She's been drinking Strava Craft coffee every day for months now, and she is so happy with the results. I would recommend it to America, to everyone, because it is a fantastic product. It delivers. It does what it says it's going to do, and it's amazing. Put your body back in balance with Strava Craft Coffee and see how good you feel. Order online today and use promo code BSN2018 for 20% off. That's BSN2018. Welcome in to the BSN Nuggets podcast presented by In We Go. Joined by a special guest, Mason Plumwell. I thought he was going to knock that ref out in LA. <laughs> Coaches will get testy with officials, but to run out onto the court and yeah. cut him off, yeah. I've never seen that before. You should have taken a charge on him. That <laughs> A special guest, Darrell Arthur. When did you first realize Nicole Jokic was good? We was in Philadelphia for Jameer's kind of like team bonding thing, and I knew it right away that he was going to be good. He was making great passes and good reads and stuff like that, and I said, this kid's going to be good. He's turned out to be a star. He has a great upside to him, and I know he'll be a Hall of Famer once he's done playing. And now, here's your hosts, Harrison Wind and Christian Clark. Welcome to a brand new BSN Nuggets podcast. Harrison Wind here. We are presented today, of course, by Total Beverage. If you guys have never been to Total Beverage, man, you're missing out. Right now, they've got an exclusive deal for BSN listeners. You guys can get $10 off a $50 purchase on the Total Beverage website or app by using the promo code BSN10. So go download their app, head to their website, type in promo code BSN10, BSN10. You guys can save $10 off a $50 purchase or more. And have it delivered right to your door because Total Beverage now delivers to anywhere in the North Metro area from Wheat Ridge to Erie. Recording on a Monday night here, solo edition of the pod. The Nuggets just wrapped up. Another loss. They fall 104-103 to the San Antonio Spurs this evening. An ugly game for Denver for about the first three quarters. Jamal Murray almost brings them back from 18 down in the fourth to win it. But to no avail. Denver loses its 13th straight game to the Spurs in San Antonio. They have not won there since March 4th, 2012. I looked up the box score from that game. Go ahead and look up the box score from the Nuggets win in San Antonio on March 4th, 2012. It's with a Ty Lawson-led Nuggets team. Some of the names coming off the Nuggets bench that night. Al Harrington, Jordan Hamilton, Julian Stone, Rudy Fernandez. Some deep cuts from the Nuggets 2010 to 2013 era teams there. But that's how long it's been since the Nuggets have won in San Antonio. And it was a six-season losing streak heading into tonight. Make it seven. The Nuggets, like I said, they fall 104-103. A lot to get into from this game. A lot of observations. I'm sure you guys have your fair share of takes. I certainly saw a lot of them on Twitter tonight. I'll try to give you my opinion of this loss and what it means 
for the Nuggets going forward here, but just some quick notes on tonight. Denver got off to such a poor start in this game, and I actually agreed with what Michael Malone had to say after this one. The Nuggets lost this game in the first quarter. They came out, they got outscored 36-17 to in this first quarter. Just the offensive execution, the precision, the typical Nuggets offensive rhythm, it just wasn't there to start this game. Denver, like I said, scored just 17 points in the first quarter, shot one of their first nine from three, shot just seven of 23 from the field in that first quarter. They turned it over four times in the period. Jamal Murray had a couple ugly turnovers, I thought, in that first quarter. And then really those shooting struggles carried over to the second because in the first half, Denver scored 48 points. They did so on just 40% shooting from the field, shot just three of 16 from three. So uh, really they have not shot the ball well in these last couple of games here and did not shoot it well in the first half against the Spurs until they kind of picked things up in the fourth quarter down the stretch. But that's really when I think this game was lost in the first quarter The Spurs did a bunch of things to Denver, and look, you always know with the Spurs and with Greg Popovich, you're going to have to work for wins, and they're never going to give you anything easy. Even when you're at home at Pepsi Center, where the Nuggets have been really unbeatable this year, and particularly on the road in San Antonio, the Spurs are never going to give it to you easy. If you remember back in an early season matchup in the first matchup that these two teams had with one another, the Spurs pretty much doubled Nicole Jokic harder than I have seen any team double him throughout this season, uh, really limited him. And thanks to a poor shooting night from the rest of the Nuggets uh, that night, they were able to get the win. They came back a couple nights later in Denver. If you guys remember, the Spurs had that home and home with the Nuggets. They didn't double Jokic nearly as hard in that one. And the Nuggets ended up winning that game. So you always know you're going to get some tweaks and some precise defensive game planning from the Spurs. And I felt like we saw some interesting little adjustments from Greg Popovich tonight. The most noticeable one, and maybe the one that impacted the game the most, was the Spurs seemed to go under a lot in almost every screen where Jamal Murray was the ball handler. And they were really daring Jamal Murray to beat them from the outside. It's a strategy I haven't seen a lot of teams go to that often. Uh, Jamal is a very capable shooter, but we know he's as streaky as they come. He's shooting around 36, 37% from three this season. So uh, that's definitely not a percentage of a guy you typically go under on, but I was clearly in the game plan from the Spurs and to Popovich's credit, it worked in the first half, particularly. I mean, Murray was one of seven from the field. He was one of three from three. He's clearly out of a rhythm. He turned the ball over a couple times, just seemed a bit flustered, just didn't seem like he had a good feel out there. And maybe the Spurs' defensive game plan kind of helped that along a little bit. So it was a frustrating first half for him. And then, of course, he gets going down the stretch. But I thought that was an interesting adjustment or schematical adjustment from Popovich tonight. Denver finally found a groove in the fourth quarter, and the Nuggets trailed by 18 at the beginning of the period. This comeback, this 18-point fourth quarter comeback, almost thanks entirely to this starting group. Denver's starters, Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, Will Barton, Paul Millsap, Nicole Jokic started their second straight game tonight, their fourth game of the season. They re-entered the game with 7.53 remaining in the fourth quarter, and Denver trailing 95-80 to by 
15 points. Those Nuggets starters proceeded to go on a 23-9 run from that point on to whittle the Spurs lead all the way down to one point, 104-103. San Antonio led with 13 seconds to go. Denver got enough stops down the stretch. Uh, They locked in on defense. They've been the top fourth quarter defense all year. They dug their heels in again this time around and got enough stops down the stretch. They had a chance to win it at the buzzer. They had a couple attempts at it, three to be exact. Uh, The first one, Jamal Murray missed a little floater from inside the foul line. I thought that was a great look. On the next look, a sideline out of bounds. Denver inbounded the ball. San Antonio had a foul to give, which they did. And finally, Denver had the ball, sideline out of bounds again. They get a pretty decent look to Gary Harris in the corner on a three-point shot that rimmed out. So Denver lost, but it was a really spirited fourth quarter comeback, I thought. It was something we've seen this team do time and time again. Like We all remember the Memphis game. They've had these fourth quarter comebacks before. I think what that says is uh, when this team gets down, uh, they have the ability to really turn it on and they obviously show their potential and show their prowess, specifically their offensive prowess in times like that, but uh, they waited to turn it on too late in this one. Jamal Murray led the Nuggets in scoring. He had 25 points. 14 of them came in the fourth quarter. He went four or five from three in the fourth quarter. All that came in the final eight minutes of this game from when the Nuggets starters subbed in. Nicole Jokic only one shot in the fourth quarter. That was really a byproduct, I think, of Jamal Murray getting really hot. We know what happens when Jamal Murray gets really hot. The ball tends to find him uh, by his own doing and by his teammates' own doing, too. They definitely look for Jamal Murray when he's in one of the zones, and that's what kind of happened in the fourth quarter. But you would have liked to see Nicole Jokic get a couple more shots there. Uh, so Denver loses this one. They lose their third straight. A lot more to get into from this one, for sure. Uh, the bench play, of course, Isaiah Thomas's seventh game in a Nuggets uniform, a couple takeaways from that, uh, and some other big picture thoughts as well. I think my main takeaway from this one, and I've seen a lot of fans panicking on Twitter. I've seen a lot of people freaking out about the three-game losing streak and, and how the bench unit is looking here. My biggest takeaway, I'd say, is that I'm not panicking, and for a couple different reasons, which I will get into in a second here. Got to remind you guys, though, about the subscription deal we've got going on at bsndenver.com right now. For a limited time, you guys can get a one-year subscription to BSN Denver for only $29.99. The normal price, $35.99. So this is a nice little discount. The $29.99 price comes out to $2.50 a month. So how you get that? You go to bsndenver.com backslash subscribe. There'll be a place where you can type in a promo code. You type in the promo code NUGGETS. N-U-G-G-E-T-S, really simple. And better yet, if enough of you guys sign up, because we're having a competition between our Rockies crew, our Avalanche crew, our Broncos crew, to see who can sign up the most subscribers with their sports-specific promo code, ours is Nuggets. If more of you guys sign up than Rockies and Broncos and Avalanche fans, you all get a free t-shirt from the BSN Denver Locker. Got a lot of great shirts on there right now. More to come to Nugget shirts, Broncos shirts, Avalanche shirts, Rocky shirts. So sign up for a subscription right now. If you're still holding out, bsndenver.com backslash subscribe. Telling you our podcasts are probably 20% of the content we put out on a weekly basis. 
type in the promo code Nuggets and get that one-year subscription for $29.99. You want to get in right now as the Nuggets are heading towards their first playoff appearance since 2012. This is a great time to get in. A lot of awesome content coming over the next couple of weeks. With that, let's hit a break real quick and I'll have some takeaways from this loss and why I don't think you should panic about this three-game losing streak on the other side. We'll be right back on the BSN Nuggets podcast. If you're living in Colorado and you are craving some good old Southern barbecue, be sure to give Moe's Original Barbecue a try. My favorite thing about Moe's Original Barbecue is we are a Southern soul food revival. We make everything from scratch daily, house-made smoked meats, and customer service to the next level. That was Robbie Peoples, one of the managers over at Moe's Original Barbecue. And like he mentioned, they have incredible food, awesome customer service, and I think my favorite part is how cool the environment is in both of their locations. We have live music at Moe's at our south location, 3295 South Broadway, which is a full PA system, ticket sales. Uh, We have national bands, we have local bands. If you're a local band interested in playing, feel free to contact us at moesdenver.com. We would love to have you come down and play for a big old party at Moe's Original Barbecue. Not only do they have live music, but they also have a bowling alley and a dozen TVs with all of your favorite games on. They have two locations, one in downtown Denver off Broadway and 6th, and of course the other one that Robbie mentioned in Inglewood. I would recommend Moe's to someone because we cater to all needs, a family-friendly atmosphere. We have Colorado beers on tap, all the games on the TVs. It will blow your mind with amazing barbecue. Welcome back to the BSN Nuggets podcast presented by Total Beverage Harrison Wind here on a Monday night solo edition of the pod. I saw a lot of Panic Nuggets fans on Twitter tonight after this game wrapped up and I feel your pain. A three-game losing streak isn't something we're used to around this team, but I think the Nuggets are going to be all right, and I'll tell you why in a second. But first, breaking news, just in, the Los Angeles Lakers fell tonight to the Los Angeles Clippers. I think this loss pretty much eliminates the Lakers from playoff contention. Their playoff hopes took a big hit with this one, obviously with the Clippers gaining and and moving a full game up from where they were on the Lakers. It just seems like too big of a margin for the Lakers to make up here. Kyle Kuzma got injured tonight. It looked like LeBron tweaked his groin a little. The Lakers are done. And the Nuggets' next opponent is the Lakers in LA two games from now. And I believe the reality for the Lakers is going to set in here over the next 48 hours that, hey, we're not making the playoffs. And I wonder what that really does to LeBron and the rest of that group. The unfortunate part is, and the reason why the Lakers will still come out and probably give the Nuggets a pretty good game is LeBron needs, I believe, 13 points now to pass Michael Jordan on the all-time points leaderboard. It seems like that is going to come against the Nuggets, so you know he's going to be motivated to do that. So it probably will be a competitive game. I'm sure the Lakers will put up a fight, but you do wonder what this loss does to just the Lakers' psyche and the psyche of a lot of those young players ahead of their next matchup against the Nuggets on Wednesday. But anyways, back to this game. The Nuggets, of course, fell in San Antonio tonight, 104-103. Denver's now by 18 points early in the fourth quarter. Behind a spirited Jamal Murray comeback, they almost stole this one from the Spurs. And that kind of brings me to my first point of why I'm not necessarily panicking after this three-game losing streak. This is just a three-game losing streak. Nuggets have had these before. 
They have one at the beginning of the season. They had one in the middle of the season. And they had one now. And the thing about this three-game losing streak is they lost to two good teams. They lost to the Jazz at home, who have been playing really good basketball. And who I thought that night, going back to that game, I just felt like the Jazz played probably one of their best games of the season. And talking to a few Jazz writers, people in the Utah media, they agree. That was one of the better games the Jazz have played this season on both sides of the floor. And Denver did not play one of their better games. So the Jazz just out-executed, out-class, out-worked, out-schemed the Nuggets that night, and, and they deserve to win. This loss in San Antonio, it's to a quality Spurs team in a place where the Nuggets have not played well historically, and in a place where the Spurs have only lost seven games all season. With Denver, they have one of the best home records in the league this year. Not a ton of teams win there, and the Nuggets never win there. Uh, so I don't think this was a bad loss by any means. The third loss in this streak at home to New Orleans, clearly the worst loss of the bunch, but you know New Orleans is the team that's playing with some pride right now or playing for some pride. They didn't have Anthony Davis that night, and not having Anthony Davis surely lights a little bit of a fire under them. They want to play harder to show that they don't need this guy who wants to get out of town because he doesn't think they are good enough to win with. And so I feel like that helped New Orleans out that night. And also New Orleans is playing pretty well as of late too. They beat Utah here on Monday night on the road, the same Utah team that's been playing really well. And it was a bad loss at the time, no doubt, to an Anthony Davis, less Pelicans team. But that team is playing well right now. And it's just a three-game losing streak. It's not like the Nuggets have lost five games here. These three-game losing streaks happen. They happen to the best teams in the league. They happen to the worst teams in the league. And every team is going to go through some bumps in the road throughout the season. And this is one of those bumps for the Nuggets. The second reason why I'm not panicking is the Nuggets starters are clicking. The Nuggets starters, like I mentioned a couple minutes ago, started their second straight game together tonight. This is the fourth game they've started this season. And you know from listening to this podcast, from reading my work on BSN Denver, if you are subscribed... If you're not subscribed, bsendenver.com backslash nuggets. Get a one-year subscription for only $29.99. But you know by now that I didn't think it would take any time for this starting group to mesh together internally. That's the same way the Nuggets felt. They didn't think it would take a ton of minutes for this starting group to mesh together. And that has proven to be correct. I mean, that starting group played 24 minutes tonight. 24 minutes tonight. And they had that terrible first quarter. And Denver still shot 56% from the floor when those five were out there. They shot 13 to 21 from three uh, when those five were out there. A lot of those were in the fourth quarter, sure, but they still count for that lineup. They were a plus 10. They outscored the San Antonio Spurs 61 to 51 in the 24 minutes they played here. The advanced numbers look great as well, just as they always look with this lineup. You look at Denver's offensive rating in this game. 124.8 when those five starters were out there. Their defensive rating, not that good. 111.7, which is uh, the one downfall of that group this evening. But Denver still had a 13.1 net rating with that group. Uh, they were great together. So that's another good sign from tonight. The starting group is clicking. And I'll get to the bench unit in a second. And Isaiah Thomas's night and where I felt like he struggled and where the bench struggled as a whole. But this, getting the starting group going is going to be much more important in the long term 
than the bench group. And here's why. Come playoff time, the starters are going to be playing more. The bench is going to be playing less. That's what happens in the playoffs. Your starters minutes expand. Your bench minutes evaporate a little bit. And when Denver is going to be leaning on their starters more, their bench isn't going to matter. And look, I'm with a lot of you guys. There are some issues on the Nuggets bench that have to be hammered out. And I think they will. And I'll get to that point in a second and why I think they will in a second. But the starters are going to be way more impactful come playoff time than Denver's bench. The Nuggets will still need a really good bench in the playoffs, but they'll need their starters more. And so the fact that the starting group is clicking right now, uh, the fact that they're just absolutely murdering their opponent whenever they're out there, that really bodes well down the stretch and in the playoffs. And also, getting back to a larger point I've had about this starting lineup, this is one of the best five-man lineups in the league. I think this is the second best five-man lineup in the league behind the Warriors five all-star lineup, behind that death machine, whatever you want to call that lineup. I think it's the second best five-man group in the league. They have an incredible chemistry with one another. They have an incredible rhythm with each other when they're out on the floor. Even though Michael Malone called how his team played in the first quarter selfish tonight, I don't think this group really ever plays selfish I mean, we talked about the assists that they had the other night, even in a loss to New Orleans. Still tonight, they had 18 assists on 23 made field goals. Uh, That's an incredible ratio, really, for any lineup. And it just shows how well this group plays together. And in the playoffs, this group is going to play more together. The bench group is going to play less together. And so, like I said, there are concerns about the bench group. But the fact that the starters are in a rhythm... The fact that they're going right now, it's going to mean much more down the line. Another reason why I'm not panicking because of this three-game losing streak, and I don't think the Nuggets are for sure. I mean, even being around the team after they lost that game in New Orleans, it didn't seem like the locker room was overly concerned. It didn't seem like guys were worried about how they had been trending over those last two losses. And I can't imagine they're too concerned now. But just from a bigger picture take. I think a diminished spotlight is a good thing for this team. It's something I said back when the Nuggets lost to Golden State, going back a few months ago in that really hyped regular season game, the most hyped I can remember a regular season game in Denver involving the Nuggets in quite some time. There was a lot of pressure mounting around the team. You could feel it. And I think this team operates better when when they're out of the spotlight. Michael Malone likes to say he prefers a quiet storm than a team and then his team getting all the headlines. And I think that's definitely true. I think this Nuggets team operates better when there's not a lot of people talking about them, when they're not the top team in the Western Conference, when they don't have that target on their back. And a three-game losing streak, the pressure won't be as high coming down the stretch. And I think a little diminished spotlight could do them well heading into the playoffs. Finally, The coach of this team, Michael Malone, you've got to have trust in Michael Malone to navigate the Nuggets through this stretch here and make the required decisions that he has to make, as radical as they may be. Look, Michael Malone, I think, is the NBA coach of the year. He's the coach of the year for a lot of different reasons. I mean, one, he's taking a team that wasn't in the playoffs last year 
and looks like they're most likely going to finish as the number two team in the West. Uh, He's taken a team that's had the most games missed in the league due to injury this year and has had them in competition with the Warriors pretty much for the entire season for the top spot in the West. He's helped the young players like Monte Morris, Malik Beasley grow into their games this season. He's helped them grow leaps and bounds in really every facet of their game. He's given them a lot of confidence and that's helped them on the court and he deserves a lot of credit for that and also just you know setting the culture with this team on a day-to-day basis on the practice court. We've talked a lot about that, but he's also had to make a lot of tough decisions this year. And when it comes to the Nuggets bench unit, which has struggled a lot over these last seven games, and again, I don't think it was the reason they lost this game tonight, uh, but there was a point in that third quarter where the Nuggets bench just did not look good at all. I actually thought they played pretty well in the second quarter and kind of injected some energy into the game. But you've really got to trust Michael Malone to make the right decision if you know he's got to, say, pull Isaiah Thomas from the rotation or make some other adjustments to his bench unit. You've got to trust that he's going to do the right thing, and he's also going to feel responsibility to do the right thing if it's involving Isaiah Thomas because he was a big part in why Isaiah Thomas wound up in Denver. You know, He pushed hard for him this summer to join the Nuggets. Isaiah Thomas has said time and time again that he might not be in Denver if it wasn't for Michael Malone. So those two have a really healthy relationship. And I think that relationship is a reason why Michael Mullen has made some pointed comments, Isaiah Thomas's direction here over the last week or so, saying he's got to ingratiate himself into the Nuggets' equal opportunity, democratic offense. He's got to play more unselfishly. There have been some really pointed comments, and I think Michael Mullen can make those because of the relationship he has with Isaiah Thomas, but also because of that relationship you get the feeling Michael Malone will have the ability to sit Isaiah Thomas down if that's a decision that needs to be made. So uh, that's another reason why I don't think you should panic about the Nuggets right now because Michael Malone should be trusted that he'll ultimately make the right decision if significant changes do have to be made to this rotation. I got some more thoughts on this game, specifically about the bench. Maybe if we could see changes there in these immediate next couple of games. Also some other thoughts on this one. We got to take a break though. We'll be right back on the BSN Nuggets podcast. Hey, BSN fans, your favorite Colorado sports network has partnered with your favorite Colorado beer and we're giving them away for free. But in true BSN fashion, we're not letting you go to some major chain for it. We want you to go to your local neighborhood bar and support a real Colorado business. That's why we've created the bar page where any BSN subscriber can go in and get a free beer whenever they want. Just go to bsnbars.com and you can get one free Coors Banquet at any bar on that list. All you have to do is show the bartender the VIP image on that page in your browser and you can retrieve a free Coors Banquet beer at any of those bars. There are over 20 bars there. You're sure to find one close to you. It's bsnbars.com. Find a bar and get a free Coors Banquet on the house. Thanks for listening to the BSN Denver Podcast Network. Welcome back to the BSN Nuggets podcast presented by Total Beverage. Harrison Wind here on a Monday night solo edition of the show. Running down the roster here, Nikola Jokic had a dominating game. Like I said, I felt like he should have gotten a couple more shots in the fourth quarter, more than just one shot in the fourth quarter, but he finished with 22 points, 10 of 14 shooting. 2-2 from 3. Seems like his three balls falling a little more regularly lately. 10 rebounds, 6 assists. He was a plus 10 in 
a one-point loss. So, uh, like I said, the starters dominated. The bench did not dominate. Will Barton, an okay game. 12 points, 5 of 10 shooting. Jamal Murray, like I said, really picked things up in the third quarter. Uh, Paul Millsap, quiet on the offensive end, but I thought he played a really good defensive game. Had 11 rebounds as well. Uh, Had a steal in there. The bench really struggled. Not so much so in the first half, but more so in the second half. Denver's bench kind of energized them a little bit, specifically Torrey Craig, who I had said on this podcast the other day, probably needed to play some more minutes. Denver just needs his defensive intensity, his defensive energy. They got that a little bit from him, uh, particularly in that first half. He was the only guy on this team who was in the positives over the first two quarters of this one. And then in the second half, end of the third, that's really where I felt like the bench struggled. Look, it's clear that integrating Isaiah Thomas into this thing has not been a smooth process. That's not breaking news around these parts. I don't think anybody out there thought it would be an easy process. It was always going to be something that had a lot of bumps along the way, and we've certainly seen a lot of those bumps here. His night was a mixed bag, I thought. At times, it looked like he was playing more within the realms of Denver's offense, like the Nuggets have been wanting him to here. At times, it still seemed like he took a bunch of questionable shots. I tweeted out his usage percentage earlier today, and over these last six games, I did not take into account this game, but I'm sure his usage percentage might have even risen uh, after this one, but he was second on the Nuggets in usage rate over you know his first six games, right behind Nicole Jokic in front of Jamal Murray, and that's too high. Uh, his usage rate should not be that high. He should be deferring more in that second unit, and you know everybody knows that. That's the point we made on the last podcast. Nuggets' entire locker room knows that. Their bench unit knows that for sure. Michael Malone knows that. He's been saying that for these past couple of games here, so uh, you hope that message gets through here over the next couple of games. And then, like I said, you know, maybe Mike Malone has to make a decision or maybe have a talk with Isaiah Thomas. Maybe that's already happened. I don't know, just about how he should be fitting in to this Nuggets offense because it stinks because this bench unit was playing so great really all year, and they've obviously hit a rut here over the last six, seven games. I think they can get through it, but obviously some things need to change. You can tell, though, how frustrated Michael Malone is with this he called his team selfish tonight in his post-game remarks, and it's along the same lines of what he had to say after that Utah loss a few days ago. He didn't say a whole lot after the New Orleans loss, but he had a lot to say after that Utah game, and it was along the same lines of some of his comments tonight. And that's so surprising at this point in the year that we're hearing about this Nuggets team being selfish and whatnot, because this has been the most unselfish team that I've ever watched really for most of this season. And so Denver's got to get back to that. But like I said earlier, you got to trust that Michael Malone is going to pull this team through this. And you got to trust that he's going to make the necessary changes that have to be made. You got to trust that he's going to be able to make these tough decisions. And I think he's built up that rep. I feel like he's built up that trust uh, with the organization to do that. And I expect them to do that. So we'll see what changes are made here over the next few games if things keep trending in this direction. And, you know, I would be surprised if Michael Malone was one to let this go on for much longer. And I'm talking about the 
play of the bench unit and, you know, his selfish comments were aimed at the starters as well in just their first quarter effort tonight too. Uh, but it's along the same lines of stuff he has said about the bench unit over the past week or so. All right, that's all the time I got for tonight. We'll be back on Wednesday. Christian Carr will be back. We'll go over some more aspects of this game, look ahead to this game against the Lakers, maybe bounce around the league a little bit, have some fun on Wednesday show. Denver's in Los Angeles against the Lakers, and they go up to Golden State against the Warriors to round out this road trip. I'll talk with you guys on Wednesday. The biggest benefits of CBD are our cognitive, our neuroprotection, neuroregeneration, anti-inflammatory, and then a lot of the most common situations that, that people are taking it are for pain. That is Arthur Jaffe, a former CU Buffs football player and founder of Elixinol, a Colorado-based company focused on providing the highest quality of CBD oil and hemp extracts in the world. Like Arthur mentioned earlier, CBD has significant medical benefits and isn't limited to just athletes. Everyone can take it, from adults and children to even your dog. I wished I would have learned about it or that it would have been more prominent at a younger age to potentially have, have given my father a, a significant opportunity to fight prostate cancer, which ultimately took his life when I was 13. You know, I really think that it would have helped him. Arthur and the folks over at Elixinol's mission is to educate, inspire, and empower others to live naturally healthy, happy lives. To learn more and join the CBD conversation, check out elixinol.com.